Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Keep It Super Simple, an audio journal by me, Sochi Gray. In this week's episode, we're discussing plant care, grief, and how those things go hand in hand with self-care. If you're a follower of my Instagram account, which many of you guys are, you'll know that I recently have rebooted the idea of Keep It Super Simple, which not only is this audio journal slash podcast, but is a soon-to-be LLC encompassing the things that I do beyond just this. It encompasses things like plant care and grief and healing and tarot, theology, harm reduction, trauma-informed grief grief and death support, creative processing, and, just to spice things up a little bit, I suppose, kink-positive and inclusive sexual education. These are things that I value and have noticed that though there are small pockets of representation of some of these things, oftentimes representation still falls somewhere in the cishet normative white spectrum of information, which is not to dis cis heterosexual white people for educating and sharing information that they have learned, especially if they've learned those things in ethical and inclusive and aware ways. However, I do think it is important to add a diverse group of voices to things that are both mainstream and less mainstream, because representation matters. Having a voice matters. And things like plant care can be whitewashed. Things like healing and wellness can be whitewashed. Things like tarot and spell work and theology can be whitewashed. And things like kink-positive, sexual, sexually inclusive education can be whitewashed. And these are things that I want to not only address through this audio journal and podcast, but things that I want to address in my work as a human being. These are things that I think truly help people to expand and grow themselves in ways that are beneficial for not only themselves, but their families intergenerationally, and for the world as a whole. I firmly believe that we are all intrinsically a part of the web of life. We are all connected to each other and to plants and to animals and to this earth and to the cosmos and to that which you might call the universe or source or creator or God. And in that, I think that there are many voices unheard, and I want to try to shine a light on those voices in a way that is approachable and coming from a space of genuine, unconditional love and compassionate action. So all of that to say, this week's focus is on the connection between plant care grief, and self-care. Because, you know, among the list of things that Keep It Super Simple addresses, plant care is almost one of those, like, mundane, kind of throw-in-there kind of things. 
it kind of stands out, but in an opposite way from kink or sex-positive education, in that it seems almost too mundane to be involved in this menagerie of topics and issues and work paths that we are working with here. But plant care is something that not only pertains to house plants or your office plants or your lawn or your garden or your community plot, whatever it is that is green that you tend to, I consider plant care. And I argue that everyone in some aspect has plants to care for. If you eat on this earth, you should be eating something green at some point, and therefore tending to something green at some point, I think would be mutually beneficial for your relationship with earth. Now, for me, plant care and grief and self-care are very, very intertwined. My grief in this stems from an estranged family relationship and from learning to work through that relationship to reconnect myself with plant care. Gardening was something that was introduced to me at a young age, but was cut off from me at a young age as well. But I always have loved plants. I've always been wrist deep in mud and worms and grass and climbing trees and running in the woods. I was always the outside kid. And so the fact that I didn't start owning houseplants until I was 20 might throw some of you off who know that I have lived out of my parents' house since I was 18. I didn't buy my first houseplant until I think 20 or 21 when I bought a bamboo plant, a rubber tree, and a fig tree. Now, there was some time between the bamboo plant and the rubber tree and the fig tree, but not a lot. Um, I bought the bamboo plant when we were living in our first apartment, and shortly after we faced an eviction and that plant lived with me in our friend's basement for a while, getting very minimal sunlight, that bamboo plant I'm pretty sure is an iron soul. Nothing can squash that thing's willingness to survive and thrive. But shortly thereafter, I delved immediately into the deep end of the plant pool. Um, Rubber trees um, are not super difficult to take care of for me in my climate, but fig trees are one of those things. Fiddly figs tend to be very finicky. (laughs) They don't like to be moved a whole lot. They have very particular water likings and they can throw you some very obvious signs when you're water watering them incorrectly but a couple of those can be pretty much flopping over and dying on you so they're not exactly recommended beginner plants however I don't go by the books on a lot of things everything I speak about in this podcast and across social medias 
and across my work are all personal experience and opinion. Take what you hear with a grain of salt and whatever resonates with you, run with it. But if it doesn't resonate, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. We are all individuals learning from each other and we all have something to teach one another. So fast forward a few years and my plant collection has kind of exploded. I went from owning those three plants to somewhere close to 200 houseplants, give or take a few that are planted together in the same container and not including my outdoor garden. If I include the outdoor garden, I'm probably close a little bit over 200 plants, probably. But that's neither here nor there. I merely say that as a reference point for the amount of experience I now have with houseplants. And to further give you that idea, sorry, my cat is gonna meow in the background now. Apologies for the in intermission that you didn't notice. I had to help my cat get into my lap, and I decided to eat some apple slices. <laughs> and therefore, have completely forgotten where I was. Ah, uh, yes. Plant experience. So, in those 200 and some odd house plants and outdoor plants, I have a wide variety of plants. Things ranging from extremely beginner-friendly intolerant to very particular plants that need some special attention. And then I also have lots of plants that I've been told need special care and attention and have had to give them very, very little. And that's why I want to give people my side of the story when it comes to plant care, because at the end of the day, it's going to be slightly different for everyone. But I want to do this in a way that... I don't know. That makes it more approachable, I guess, the way I've phrased it before. I, I've noticed that a lot of times in the plant community, it can seem intimidating. Because you kind of just get the, well, it depends on your climate. If you're in this, this, or this, then you need to do this, this, or this. Whereas, I want to come from it, come at it from a point of view of both understanding those various changes and differences in our inner climates, both at home and our outer climates around our homes, but with a less, mm, you probably just shouldn't even try, because I'm a firm believer in always trying. I read the book, I learn the information, and then I go off and still do the experiment just to see if I get different results. I think it's a good idea to always be a curious student of life. So that being said, for me, plant care and grief, like I said, go very hand in hand back to my early childhood and family struggles. However, for a lot of people, it might not be such a clear cut connection. So, I want to touch on this a little bit. Grief is a universal experience. 
And something that I think now, in 2021, any of us who have remained as grounded and centered and in the moment as they can throughout the events of this last year, two, three, four, five, six years, may know that grief is something that we deal with not only on a personal level or a family level, but it is something that we are dealing with on a national and global level now as well. I don't know a single person whose life has not been touched by grief, but I know so many people who have yet to even touch the idea of truly processing or truly even feeling the grief that they're going through. This is something that, to be completely transparent and vulnerable, I continue to still struggle with. Feeling the grief of the things going on and have gone on in the world in recent times is a heavy weight to remember the things we collectively have survived and endured in the last decade is a lot to hold. And it's a lot to think about our pasts and the grief and intergenerational trauma yet to be processed. And it's hard to bear that weight of being the one to make the choice to process and feel the grief for your entire family, ancestors, and living. Rewriting familial cycles is something that is talked about frequently, I think, in the community of metaphysics and self-care and Reiki and those kinds of conversations. It's even kind of started to leak into the more Christian-centered faith conversations. And I think it's important because intergenerational processing and breaking those cycles is vital to our progress as a whole, but also I believe that it is vital for personal growth and personal acceptance. I remember bringing up radical acceptance for the first time outside of therapy to a coworker and being immediately met with, oh, your therapist tried that stuff. Well, that doesn't work. <clears throat> and I kind of agreed, to be honest, in the moment because I was still struggling with the processing. But to be honest, the idea of radical acceptance is just being able to look at the world around you and say, I cannot change this, so I might as well not waste the energy fighting it and just accept that it is the way it is. And that's obviously not to be applied to things like systematic racism or the large amount of inequality in our society. But in a way it is, because if those of us who are experiencing the systematic racisms and oppression of a capitalist society that is money hungry and colonized beyond 
being able to really accept that. It matters to be able to name that grief, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. However, I digress. When it comes to processing familial cycles, the important takeaway is that though necessary, the journey never looks the same for people. Everyone has a different way of doing this work and it's going to look different for everyone. Which is why I'm a big proponent of creative processing. Because those are two kind of very umbrella terms that I apply very specifically to grief and death support and also self-care and self-love. See, there's this concept of radical self-acceptance, which is being able to view what's sometimes called your shadow or your inner demons or your inner monsters with radical acceptance in mind. Being able to say, look, I cannot change everything about who I am as a person. However, I can accept and love myself because I am a human being deserving of those things. I firmly believe that as a human, point blank period, you deserve dignity and respect and love and acceptance for being on this planet. To be honest, human or otherwise. We have, we all have a place. We all have a role in this play. And no role is a small role. And when we take the time to care for a plant, no matter how small, it's a good reminder to take care of ourselves. There was a meme that went around really virally, I think, for a while, but I think is super relevant and should always make rounds. But it's a reminder to make sure that you get enough sunlight and water because you're basically a complicated houseplant. Well, in some indigenous teachings, the teachings that I follow, we are all plants. So that phrasing to me makes a lot of sense because we really kind of are, if you think about it. We need the proper nutrition and we need the proper hydration and we need the proper amount of sunlight in order to feel our most human. And I believe that when we feel our most human, we then in turn are in a position to be our best versions of humanity. And I don't think that that can be done without doing the grief work, without doing the shadow work, without doing the self-processing and like really exposing yourself to yourself and being able to say that you cannot change all of it, but you love it anyway. And these things, of course, also tie in to 
kink and sex education and awareness and just all of those topics in general. Being kinky is often something that people hold a lot of shame and guilt over. Shame and guilt can cause someone to face a lot of grief that their heart does not need to carry. Shame and guilt are emotions that are taught to us. I don't believe that we are born with shame and guilt in us besides generational trauma. And I think that you can't do the cycle breaking and the shadow work without facing things that you hold shame or guilt about. And for a lot of people, it's simply things like being a little kinky or having sexual desire at all or having certain kinds of sexual desire. Because we're not given the education that safe, sane, and consensual are really the only rules you need to have. You don't have to have a relationship, sexual or otherwise, that looks any specific way. It just needs to fulfill you and your partner or partners in a way that facilitates your self-growth and their collective self-growth. I am a huge proponent for polyamory and for kink positivity and to be more open about those kinds of things. If this is a topic you would like me to touch on sooner rather than later, please let me know by either commenting on my Instagram posts or shooting me a DM or an email because there are representations of, you know, self-care and plant care, and there's representations of grief and self-care, and there's representations of self-care and kink positivity, and there's representations of all of these things apart. But integrating them in a way that emphasizes interconnectedness, I think, is something that is super important. And if you agree, I would really like to know because... Sorry, my cat. (laughs) Because if it helps just one other human, then to me, it's genuinely worth doing. So, be that one person to comment on my post or to send me a message, because I don't require a lot of motivation. If I'm helping a single person by doing something, it's more than enough for me. This episode's going to be just a couple minutes short, it looks like, but that's completely okay because I don't adhere strictly to a 30 minute rule and I don't think I have to meet any kind of weird 30 minute quota so we're gonna cut it off here guys and I just want you to know that at the end of the day whether it's tending to houseplants or your garden it's worth doing
whether it's listening to your own tears or the tears of your loved ones, it's worth it. And whether it is taking a rose petal bath by yourself or playing video games in your favorite kink gear, it's worth doing. So that's it. That's the whole thing, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this week's trip into my brain and the topics that are floating around it right now. Um, I hope you have a lovely rest of your day, and I'll catch you all next week. Until then, bye.